good morning. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. So Pastor Josh asked me to join y'all in your series on the fruit of the spirit. So when I was 12, my parents decided that it would be a good idea for me to get the full farm experience. My grandparents owned a cow and vegetable farm. And so they thought, you know what? We're going to send Katie for the summer so she can get the full experience of what it means to be a farm kid. So I flew by myself on a plane from Mexico City to New York. And so I spent the summer learning about plants and learning about vegetables. And I realized I'm not the most green thumb type of person. I don't naturally love plants and plants don't naturally love me. So my uncle was like, well, you know what? Tomatoes are a really good plant because tomatoes are quite hardy and you can keep a tomato alive. And I had so much fun with the tomato plants that summer. Because you know, while tomatoes are quite easy to grow and they're hard to kill, which is really good when you're not particularly good with plants and you don't really have any farm experience, they do require some work. You have to water them, you have to add good fertilizer, you have to make sure that you take care of them when the fruit is ripe, you have to pick it. And at the end of the summer, getting to pick the tomatoes and eat them was just the coolest thing ever. And you know, as I was thinking about the fruit of the spirit, you know, it reminded me of that experience. You know, like we don't create the fruit in ourselves. Just like I didn't grow the tomato out of Katie-ness, right? Like the tomato came out of the plant, but I got to be a part of the process and God allows us to be a part of the process of him growing the fruit of the spirit in us. We get to be a part of it by watering and adding fertilizer and making sure that we're taking care of weeding out the things in our life that aren't helpful. And so I'm so excited to dive into the second fruit of the spirit, joy. And um, But before we go any further, let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together online and, and to worship you and to hear your word. God, I pray that you would just speak to us about what joy means. God, I pray that you would speak through me, that it wouldn't be what I say, but that you would directly communicate to every person that is listening in your name. So the fruit of the spirit are in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So today my focus is on joy. So what is joy? So I want you to take a second and I want you to just think, if you were to define joy, how would you explain it? It's kind of hard, right? Like, there's a lot of ways, like for a word that you see all the time, there is just, it's like this big and ambiguous thing. And as I was thinking about joy, I was like, well, maybe a better way to understand what joy is, is to understand what joy is not. Right? So joy is not just an emotion. Joy is not circumstance dependent. Joy is just pretending that everything's okay and putting on a smile Joy is something deeper. Um, the word used in the Passions in Galatians is actually called kara, and it means joy, delight, gladness, a source of joy, rejoicing, gladness, and bliss. So we see that joy is slightly different from happiness, and not that there's anything wrong with happiness, right? Like, you know, when you get an A on a test or you um, shoot the perfect goal, or you get a negative COVID test and you find out you are not positive, right? Those are all things that make you happy, right? They're circumstances that cause a reaction that's like, oh, this is good. 
you don't have to love Jesus to feel happiness, right? Like you don't have to walk in the spirit to feel happiness. Happiness is just an emotion that we feel when certain things happen that are pleasing to us. Joy is deeper than that. Joy isn't just dependent on things going the way we want them. Joy is something that we can't produce in ourselves. Joy is something that God produces in us. And so today we're going to look at a story in Acts, one of Paul's examples of what joy looks like in practice. So it's not just theoretical, but it's really tangible. So let's look at Acts 16, 16 to 40. Once when they were going to the place of prayer, they were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money by her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling us the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us as Roman citizens to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, so we're going to pause there just for a second. Paul was minding his own business. He was headed where he was going, and this girl was taunting him. He reacts, and while... You know, it may not have been the smoothest experience ever. He was not causing an uproar in the whole city. He was not causing chaos. He was not causing all the things that he was accused of. So he was unjustly accused and put in prison based on lies. So he's sitting in prison with his friend Saul for not even doing anything wrong, right? Like the people who accused him were wrong. And so he's sitting in prison waiting, picking up in verse 25. About midnight, so sitting unjustly in prison, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Okay, so they're sitting in prison, unjustly, mind you, sitting in prison, fastened in their stocks, not able to move around, praising God. Now, like, when you first hear that, you're like, oh, well, you know what, like, they were super Christians, like, Paul brought the gospel all around the Mediterranean world. Like, of course he was worshiping. So it's like, okay, well, what would that look like for me? Right? Because Paul was a human, just like I'm a human, just like you're a human, right? Like, so what would that look like? And I was like, okay, well, what was a time when people were saying things about me that were not true and were talking bad about me to my friends? And I find out about it. Is that the situation where my first reaction is to sit and to worship God and say, you know what, like, God, you are good, right? Like, or how about you? Can you think of a situation where you were in a tough spot where you're like, it's not even fair. I didn't even do anything to get myself in this situation. What was your initial reaction? And I just like causes me to be odd that Paul's first reaction was to praise and thank God 
in the midst of this very unjust situation. So while he's in prison, not just later on. Anyway, so we will resume um, our text in verse 26. Suddenly, right after they had been praying and thanking God, uh, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and saw that the prison doors was open and he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself. We are all still here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all those in his house. In that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Go, you can now leave in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escort them from prison, requesting that they leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. And then they left. As I read the story, it just struck me that joy is being in one of the most difficult challenges of your life and being able to praise God while it's still not after it's all resolved, because the story does resolve, right? Paul ends up being justified for the indignation that he suffered, right? He, he get, everything gets put to rights, but he didn't wait for it to all work out to praise and rejoice in God. And that's joy, right? It wells up inside of us. You can't rejoice if there's not some level of joy in you, but it's more than just how he felt, right? Because the situations are hard. You know, we live in a time where things are hard. You know what? Life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Things are not perfect. And what's great about walking in the spirit and the fruit of the spirit is that we don't have to wait to experience joy for God to work things out. And the reason we can have joy is because we know who God is. Paul and Silas knew who God was. They knew that no matter how bad things seemed in their current circumstance, being unjustly put in prison, they knew that eternally they were right with God. That they were beyond a shadow of a doubt. No matter what happened on earth, they were going to go and be with Christ in eternity. That is the ultimate source of joy. But I think it goes even deeper than that because they knew God, not just for the eternal salvation, which is awesome and incredible, 
but they knew God's character in their now. They understood that though things were hard, that God was still good. You know, God does work all things for the good of those who love him, as Paul would write in one of his later letters. That doesn't mean that all things are good right now. It means that we can praise God knowing that God doesn't waste any experience that we face. God will use the hardest things that we ever go through to grow us, to mature us, to help us become more like him, or even to be a testimony. You know, as I look back um, on my time here in Indonesia, or, or really on my life as a whole, I can see that the hardest things that I've gone through have allowed me to draw closer to God because he doesn't waste the hardness. He wants to meet you where you are. And when you know God's love, when you know God's character, then the fruit of joy can well up in you so that even though everything is crazy, you can still praise. That you can still say, you know what? This may be really hard right now, but my God is still good. And there are still things in my life right now that I can be thankful for. In my life group a couple weeks ago, we were um, talking about gratitude and just the power of thankfulness. And you know, one of the girls um, was sharing with us a study that she had read in Harvard that said that like being thankful and saying three things a day, every day that you're thankful actually rewires your brain to make you more happy. How incredible that that is in the word of God too, that as we praise, as we say we're grateful for the things that God has given us, it allows us to experience his joy. It's not that our circumstances change, it's that we change because our perspective changes. So joy is being in the middle of the messy and saying, my God, not waiting for the end of the story, though I believe that the end of the story is going to be incredible. And just like things have worked out before they'll work out again, it might work out different than you think, but it will work out. And you know what's really cool is, yes, Paul and Silas faced this time in prison, but their choice to rejoice in prison brought an entire household of people who had never heard about Jesus to faith. You know, our joy in the middle of hard things is a testimony. People are going to ask you questions. How come in the middle of all this craziness, you can still have a smile on your face? You can still be at peace. You can still have joy. Like, how is that even possible? Right? Because the fruit of the Spirit, joy, that's that fruit. That's not possible if you don't have the Spirit in you. And that means that when people see that, it's a testimony to God. It's an opportunity to share joy and hope with other people. You know, I bet your friends in school, your people in your neighborhood, even your family could use a, a dose of Holy Spirit joy. You know, we have something that the world is craving for. You have access to it. And when we live it out, when we choose to intentionally rejoice, when we choose to intentionally praise God, both privately at home and publicly in whatever situation publicly looks like with the current COVID restrictions, right? It's different at different times. God's not limited by that. When we choose to praise, it's a testimony to other people. 
So you may be asking, okay, Katie, like I understand joy is God's spirit and rejoicing in the midst of hard times. Okay, so like, how do I actually do that? And you know, for as cool as it is, it's really not actually that hard to experience joy. It's not. It's just about abiding in Jesus. And so what does abiding mean? It means spending time with God. To have joy in the midst of tough circumstances means you have to know the God to which you worship because it's God's character that brings stability in the midst of turmoil. So it's about choosing to actually read your word, to open the Bible app every day and spend some time reading a devotional, going through the book of Luke or Acts or the Psalms, picking a book and just going through, spending time in God's word. Because that's how you know the character of God from his words himself. And the Bible is so incredible because it has this way of leaping up off the page of saying, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I needed to hear right now. Or, oh, that is exactly the characteristic of God that I needed to be reminded of today. So it's really important to have joy to be in God's word. It's also really important to pray to be real and open and honest with God, to not just pretend that everything's okay, but to be real. That's why I love the Psalms. I love reading David's prayers. He would go from, oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To Lord, the heavens and the earth may feel, but you are eternal, right? And so to be real with whatever your emotions are and to be real and honest with God, because out of that realness, then you can rejoice. And it's not false rejoicing, right? It's not pretending that things are okay when they're not. It's saying, you know what, God, it is hard. It does hurt. Being in lockdown again is hard, but I know that you are still good. I know that you still love me. I know that I'm a part of a community that cares about me, even though I feel really isolated right now, right? When you're honest with God about where you're at, it makes the praise so much more powerful because it shifts our perspective. And then also by being grateful and writing down every day things that you're thankful for. You know, our perspective can shift so much by realizing how much we have. I think the biggest lesson I've learned in gratitude has been from the kids in the trash dump. And hearing their gratitude, they live in a mountain of trash like, and they have things that they are grateful for. How much more should we, right? That we all have things to be grateful for, no matter how big or how small. And when we intentionally speak them out loud or write them out, it reminds us that God has blessed us, that we are cared for, that we are loved. Joy is possible. Joy is possible right here, right now middle of the message. Because the joy is not about what you do. Joy is about God's spirit working in us. And it's a fruit that comes out of knowing God more. So before we close, I would just love the opportunity to pray with you and that God's joy would be in you. Lord, I just thank you so much for every person that is listening. Lord, I pray that your joy would be in us. God, I pray that you would help us this week 
to be intentionally in your word. I pray that we would begin to be more open and honest in how we pray and express ourselves to you. Lord, would your joy well up in us, not just so that we can live in joy, but as a testimony to the people around us that are lost and in need of you. Lord, we just ask for you to work in us and through us. Let your spirit fruit of joy just be evident in our life. In your name, amen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, um, Posh, for letting me speak. Have a great rest of your day.